0: Hello, everyone. I am Casey here at Squared Circle Sirens, and I am here with a very special guest today, the owner, director, head of RISE, Kevin Harvey. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Casey. Glad to be here and uh, coming off a pretty buzz, pretty buzz-inducing weekend for all of us at RISE.
0: Um, I would say I know you guys posted today... That um, over 50% of tickets sold at Pride and Joy were to first-time ticket buyers. And you guys had a pretty big amount of fans that this was their first show. Um, And coming off of this show, kind of the big news is you guys are still a huge focus on women's wrestling. But you're more focused on tomorrow's wrestling attractions rather than
1: just females right and that's really it and it coming off of the everything with with pride and joy and even going back to when the show was first announced uh, just and i guess let's rewind the clock to rise one i know you guys were actually one of the first websites to reach out about rise even being a thing with rise one and we thought okay if we do this what what's the demand for seminars for the talent? What kind of an audience base might we identify with a little bit different angle on women's wrestling and Holy cow, 40 women signed up for that first seminar and just discovered a much bigger need and a much bigger opportunity for talents. than we thought was out there with shimmer and rise and that same exact thing happened with pride and joy. There was one day, Casey, where I forget the exact number, but there was one day between my email, my uh, Twitter DMs, like basically any way that somebody can get a hold of me or rise. It was 37. I actually just went back and recounted it because I knew we had this interview coming up. 37 out LGBTQ wrestling talents worldwide, UK, New Zealand, Australia, just all over the US and Canada and realized there are a lot of amazing LGBTQ talents out there who maybe don't have a a platform, at least not as a, a specific of a platform or promoters that are willing to, I don't know if let their guard down is the right way to put it. But I guess I would say there's a time for change in wrestling. There's a positive piece of work that can be done to make professional wrestling an inclusive place for the company, for the talent, for the staff, for the fans, for everybody and that's where the scope of Pride and Joy started to started to change the, the animal a little bit. And one of the biggest tells that we we had something going with everybody involved that was you know, what what's the right thing to do? What's the next step was exactly what you just said. Over 50 percent of ticket sales for Pride and Joy, people who have never purchased a ticket to Rise before. And though there's no way to officially measure this number because we get this knowledge through conversations the day of Pride and Joy uh, it came a little bit through emails and DMs and things like that. But a large portion of that 50% plus were folks who came up to either me, to talent, to staff, or reached out online saying, thank you for doing the show. I've been a wrestling fan for anywhere from you know a couple of months to my whole life. And this is the first time I felt welcome at a show. And to me, that's the single most important statistic, probably in Rise history, because wrestling exists for fans. Yes, we are a talent development company and all those things that people have known us to be, but to know that fans who have never felt comfortable enough to leave their house, to go to an arena, to be themselves, to dress how they want to dress, to be who they are, to act how they are, without any sort of, judgment or feeling that they would be too different to be in the room no screw it we we want you there and i think rise has always been that the rise and you know this very well casey like the especially the women's wrestling fan base is a lot of the women's wrestling fan base is out lgbtq or an ally mm-hmm. to that community and right. it, it just seemed natural that with so many of our talents already being lgbtq community before we did pride and joy when it was really 99% women's wrestling. Cause obviously we've had Joey Ryan and Eddie Kingston and Colt Cabana and some others come through, but it was already something that we were we were kind of already doing. We just put a little bit more focus on that aspect and getting into the name change. I know there's a, a few fans out there. They happen to be a few of the more vocal fans and the more passionate and I'm not throwing a rock at them. Those are some of the best fans you could ever want to have of your product because they aren't afraid to cheer you just as much as they aren't afraid to raise their eyebrow and maybe you make some questionable booking decisions <coughs> rise <laughs> five. Um, <laughs> but to get back to the point I was trying to make here is they're, they're worried that we are abandoning women's wrestling and that could not be further from the truth. If you listen to the words that Mercedes Martinez shared, Mercedes has been, arguably the most impactful person for rise for developing tomorrow's women athletes. She's done the most seminars. I think she's actually one ahead of Saraya Knight in terms of conducting the most seminars for rise. She has been a producer, an agent on every show with the exception of rise three, because her flight got in too late. That was the only reason she wasn't in fact. We'll talk about Mercedes and flights later. That's a funny story. Come out of rise, pride and joy. But that was important to me for Mercedes to be the one to say those words. I didn't feel it was my story to tell. It wasn't, it wasn't for me or Jimmy Jacobs or somebody that might be perceived as like rise office to do that because this needed to be about the talent and elevating the talent and where developing tomorrow's wrestling attractions comes in. We can do that for women's wrestling. We can do that. For men's wrestling we can do that for lg i think how mercedes put it i don't care if you're gay straight les by a cat or a dog it doesn't right. effing matter what you are you are you are welcome here in our locker room in our audience watching at home on ipay per or riseascent.com. this is about doing something more important than just Focusing on one specific thing this isn't magically going to be oh now exactly 50% of the show is men 50% of the show is women it's not going to be this show is all LGBTQ talent this show is all women talent because here's the way I look at it you know a lot of our talent is focused on equality and when we're really looking at the women's wrestling movement there's been even with whether you want to call it an evolution a revolution really a central word in all of that is equality and in my opinion, I'll, I may catch heat for this, but it is my opinion for better or worse. I don't know that any battle for equality has ever been won by keeping different people separate.
0: I, I agree. I definitely agree. And I think everybody in the audience was so encapsulated in it. They were so into it. They were so proud. I remember Candy Lee making her entrance and seeing every single person in that building stand to their feet and cheer for her. They did They don't care if you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're trans, if you're straight, if you're bi. They just want good wrestling and that's what they got. And I think that's rise. You had great wrestlers. It doesn't matter
1: what they are, you know. And speaking to that, just looking at some of the the talent who came through the curtain, take a talent like Sophie King. They have only been on one rise event and it was for like less than 90 seconds. Sophie King was one of the entrants in rise of the contender. Now Sophie, they've done no- a number of rise seminars going back to, I believe Aja Kong at rise five was the first seminar that Sophie was part of. And Sophie did more seminars and more seminars. And it- it's, I realize for any wrestling talent, it's not the greatest feeling in the world doing that seminar. Cause yeah, you're getting great, great uh, talent development. You're getting great perspectives, but let's be real. Everybody wants to be on the show too. But if I rise shows are already like overbooked, if I put everybody (laughs) on the seminar on the show, you get rise one over and over again, and the world doesn't need 15 match shows. It really doesn't. And for Sophie, this being her, uh, this being their first one-on-one match in rise and against Ray Lynn, the lone bone, putting Sophie in the ring against an established rise talent. And and Sophie coming through the curtain. Look at the response they got.
0: Right. Sophie got a huge response. And her match was so good. And I personally never heard of Sophie before Rise. Never. And she came out there. She got the crowd behind her. And that little, what, minute she had in the Battle Royal? And now she's a huge star.
1: And Sophie made the most of that opportunity. And that's something that wins so many points with me as a, whatever self-important label I can put on myself, booker promoter <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm the guy that gets the bill. Uh, but with Sophie, it, she, it, there was that rumble spot and I I keep slipping and I, this is something that's new for me too. And I have a learning curve here too. Sophie's preferred pronouns are they and them. So I know I'm, I'm trying to catch myself here and I'm trying to do the right thing. And I need to change just as much as a lot as the wrestling business needs to change. But uh, there are some folks who may have thought, Oh geez, all I've got is basically a call it a bushwhacker spot in a battle Royal Sophie made every second of that count, the entrance coming in aggression and the minute that they came out of the curtain known known to the fans. But when you can get that reaction, when over half have never seen rise before, there's a whole segment of fans that we have found that either knew Sophie from where Sophie has competed down the St. Louis area primarily, but it's a new talent and new fans that that's a wonderful thing. And that's part of where that tomorrow's wrestling attractions comes in tomorrow's wrestling attraction. Isn't just bringing in the same general folks from a geographic area. And I'm not saying, Oh, we don't want the same fans. Like I I love our fans in Chicago. I could probably name off a hundred fans without looking at ticket orders that we see all the time at shimmer at rise at other local companies like AAW and freelance. But when we can have a lot of new talent, that's either been in limited capacities on shows or not on shows at all, and even taking your established talent, putting them in front of folks that have never seen that product before, and that that crowd, I, I think the thing the kids would say would be like that crowd was fire, that crowd was lit, like there, <laughs> I, I could have gone out there and like uh, just like fallen to the mat and stood up and yelled a, and I think they probably still would <laughs> have exploded, uh, just everything in that show, and then for some of those those key moments that entire room and I'm including uh, for those who've never been to the Logan square auditorium where the main camera of the show is, there's a very large balcony in Logan square auditorium. And that's essentially where the locker room watches the show from. I actually have a lot of behind the scenes footage. Uh, We had Sarah Shockey. I think a lot of people know her from the Marty and Sarah podcast. And Sarah has been a part of rise in the past before doing some interviews and was actually the ring announcer for a couple of shows too. Sarah was doing all kinds of behind the scenes documenting some of that stand up interviews with the talent, but a lot of that just fly on the wall camera and oh, to cool. see to see the reactions just as much from the talent on the balcony as the fans below, especially for things like the the miracle of the collision of the weapon of ass destruction in the Kingdom of <laughs> Tongue style. Just the, that was great. It, it was as much a, a locker room sellout magic moment as it was for the fans. And that that's something that we need to capture that. And we need to keep going with that. That's where tomorrow's wrestling attraction comes in. It's, it's still new talent. A lot of that still developing tomorrow's women athletes. It's also developing tomorrow's les gay bi, trans. And here's the thing. None of those labels are going to matter here. I mean, hell, was Rise losing its focus on women's wrestling? Casey, do you know what the focal point of our next show is on September 1st?
0: September 1st?
1: <laughs> Isn't yep. it the,
0: um, what is it called? The regional thing? Yeah, the
1: the, Yeah. The entire focus of that show is the regional Rising Stars tournament, the Midwest yeah. Bracket. And that's going to be eight women specifically from the Midwest an all right. women wrestling tournament. And that's not going to be the only one right now. I'm in talks to do the same thing to make the Texas bracket. I'm in oh, early talks to do the God. Southeast bracket. I mean, let's God. I could do like a May, an entire May Young Classic bracket in Texas. You I mean, really when we, could. When I went down there, I already knew there were a lot of girls in Texas, but kind of the, the rise one in the pride and joy complex that we've talked about. Uh, what would happen if we went there? Well, sh- shoot, we're, we had like I figure I forget if it was like twenty five or thirty women from the state of Texas in the uh, the row on the rise seminar. We were down with Booker T and Company, and so regional rising stars isn't by design to just be up oh, Midwest, and it's it's still those are women specific tournaments because we're we're not backing off. We've we've had I think now it's in terms of women who've competed in the Rings of Rise. It's I think it's just under 200. We may have actually eclipsed 200 now after Luminous and after Pride and Joy. I haven't actually updated the tally on the website yet, but well over 200 wrestling talents have been through our seminars because like we said, not everybody necessarily gets an opportunity on the shows. We still have that many women that are out there that we're committed to, to their development, to trying to elevate their game, putting them in those elevator matches to get situations where it's. Talents like a three years ago Shotzi Blackheart that is just on the cusp of breaking out, taking on a Mercedes Martinez, taking a Kylie Ray who had really only competed in Texas and Chicago, having that Mm -hmm. match with Nicole Savoy at Rise 5, and then her star just continuing to shine brighter and brighter. And that's not Rise trying to take credit for either of those girls' work. That was just trying to put them in situations with talents that we know would push them, that would help them in some way. And if we were a part of their journey to their success, that's a win.
0: Right. And I think that's so important. Something that rise does because before rise, I didn't really know of shot Blackheart. I didn't really know that much of Delilah doom. I didn't know much of someone like Zoe Lucas who correct me if I'm wrong, was kind of like a last minute thing on rise, right? Like she couldn't get like one of her bookings fell through or something. So she went to the seminar and then she got, to the U S and all
1: this because of rise. That's uh, yeah, essentially what happened yeah. with Zoe was when we announced the warriors rise seminar that we did with the, uh, WW uh, with the W a W and Bellatrix school in the UK by the night family. We had a seminar with Mercedes Martinez for N.Ring, And then that was actually our first outing with Medusa where she did, ended up doing her part of the seminar the next day. Zoe was one of the first to sign up because Zoe's, very good friends with somebody i think you are familiar with by the name of diana parazo <laughs> a little and diana had just started with rise at rise 3 let zoe know hey the the seminars and things like that this is legit they're they're going to bring somebody over from the uk so zoe was one of if not the first person to sign up but then i forget if it was a a booking that she forgot she had or maybe just a somehow some way i'll save those details somehow some way zoe had a commitment to a show she needed to honor and so she let me know hey I'm sorry I I have this show that I need to do and I totally understood if you have a commitment you need to honor your commitment that that's a part of professional wrestling but then somehow some way that booking fell through forget it I think the show got totally canceled or something so I got an email probably between one and five days before the seminar where Zoe said hey I I now can make it is it uh is it or there still openings? And I said, yeah. And, and then let's be real. If there's a girl that Diana Perazzo is saying, hey, you need to take a look at her. I'm gonna find a way to get her <laughs> in right, the yeah. seminar. I don't care if the seminar is sold out and has 97 nine or 100 people in it, whatever. If, if somebody like Diana Perazzo says, hey, Kev, take a look. Guess what? I'm taking a look. Exactly. Uh, so Zoe did that seminar. Was the standout of that seminar and her first U.S. tour was. Rise five rising sun taking on cheerleader Melissa. She made her shimmer debut that weekend as well. And now fast forward almost two years later, Zoe is a star around the world. She's on her second or third tour of stardom right now. Mm -hmm. And on that tour as Phoenix of rise champion, as Revolution Pro women's champion, as I totally forget in this exact moment on the spot what her third title is, <laughs> but she's got three championship belts. So she's a star in her native England in two countries, and one of the more prominent promotions in the United Kingdom right now in Rev Pro. And not only is she a North American star, she's a champion in a North American company. None of that, well, I shouldn't say none of that. The the rise part, she's Representing is like the champion of our company. She is literally the poster child of Rise. Right. And that may not have happened had she not taken a chance on that seminar. I didn't know who Zoe Lucas was before I got that seminar sign up. And I think, De- I forget which came first, but it, I definitely got a, a sign up from Zoe. And Deanna said, Hey, my friend Zoe is uh, probably doing the seminar. Take a look.
0: She's. Absolutely incredible, and it's been such a joy to watch her and rise. She has developed into such a performer and a character, and it's just amazing. Absolutely
1: amazing to watch. And what an emotional ride Zoe was able to kind of take everybody on. And one thing we were a little worried about in the, if we go a little inside baseball behind the curtain, that as Jimmy and I were writing the show, we were trying to make sure it didn't happen, was were we overexposing Zoe on that show because she managed blue nation in the match with sea stars. And I think it was the second match of the show. And then she's in rise of the contender and she was in not forever in the match, but I think she entered at 21 or 22 and then coming back and essentially ruining Christmas for the city of Chicago wow. and the people of, uh, in the building in Berwyn, Illinois, uh, that, but the, the character of Zoe, the presentation of Zoe, all of her skills and abilities made that, all work right
0: i definitely agree and i don't think she was overexposed at all on that show i thought it was
1: amazing (laughs) well and that's something on the creation end of the show if you know you're going to have somebody out there a couple of times you just got to make sure you got to make sure you plan that right even on pride and joy how nyla and sunny need to be out there a few times honestly they have to change clothes we've got to give them some (laughs) time but making sure that we space that out right so that they're still just as special each time they come out and each time means something that resonates with the fans.
0: Right. And I think something special that rise does is you guys have, you know, your shows go like three hours, sometimes a little more, but it never feels that way. It feels like it goes by so fast because it's just constant, enjoyable things to watch, you know, like you actually enjoy every match, every segment. It's not, a chore. You know what I mean? Like some wrestling shows. I think you guys do a good job of booking.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that because that's something that I think has gotten even better since Jimmy Jacobs has been helping me write the shows since really everything from the start of Rise Ascent Forward has mm-hmm. Jimmy Jacobs' hands in it just as much, if not more so in some cases than mine. And with him bringing the experience that he does, keeping those things in mind of does every segment actually have a reason? And that that's one thing that and I I know somebody's going to read between the lines and say, I'm taking a shot at somebody, but this can be said of a lot of wrestling. I am not personally, and there's a difference between, is it bad wrestling or is it not my cup of tea? I'm adamant about that, that you can go out. I'm not going to say this company is bad. It's like WWE. You might not think it's the greatest show on earth, but maybe it's not being written for you. Maybe you're not a a family of this and this demographic, so on and so forth. But with, with our shows, we try to have a tangible reason two people are wrestling, not they're a tag team because they both wore blue. They are a, a tag team because maybe they happen to look in a similar way. We aren't just having a match for the sake of having a match. Even looking at Pride and Joy, we had matches that didn't have any, say, didn't really have heat or backstory to them. But look at Miranda Alizé, like the drank. And Candy Lee. Right. Those two have never been in the same building at the same time until that day. But we were able to put them in a situation where that match still meant something to a lot of people. And that was a lot on Miranda and the superstars turn and all of that and kind of her progression over the last six months. Candy Lee being an absolutely special talent and owning the earth. She walked on the second that she came through the curtain and that was enough to, and sometimes you don't have to have these promos, these video packages, these booking and overbooking things to let the talent shine, to give the talent, not, not quite carte blanche, but a good length of rope to do what makes them special and, and let them be them. It is sometimes it's, It's not the biggest rocket science in the world. I mean, don't get me wrong. Writing a wrestling show is hard. It absolutely (laughs) is hard, especially when you're trying to do something like a center event continuity. Mm -hmm. But if you don't give that talent the opportunity to put themselves into it, at least on the level of what we're doing, I think that is really where that special part comes in. We aren't we aren't trying to force feed anything. Hopefully I know some things may come across that way from time to time, but we're truly trying to let put that talent first.
0: Yeah, I um, remember Effie's promo from the show. That really stood out, and that seemed very organic for him or his character. You know,
1: it it really was, and that was something that, by design, and I and I say this uh, is a positive thing. That promo, and I, I'm not even going to call it a promo. I'm going to call it a speech mm. because that. A wrestling promo, okay. Here's a script or here's some bullet points that I need you to hit. (sighs) Epi just talked. Right. Not one person shoehorned anything in there. And by design, Epi was trying to make some people uncomfortable. Epi should have made a lot of people uncomfortable by what he said. Even at points, I had to start thinking, I got a little uncomfortable. And you know what? That's okay. Right. If people out there, maybe realize they need to think in a little bit different filter. Maybe they need to act in a little bit different way. I heard the words that Epi said loud and clear. And I hope a lot more people hear the words that Effie said loud and clear, because that's, that wasn't shtick that that's not any uh, gimmick angle, brother, brother wrestling word word <laughs> you can put out there that is putting a microphone in somebody's hand. And I hate to say, just letting them air their grievances because that makes everyone think of like the CM punk pipe bomb kind of thing. <laughs> and if I've heard people call it that, but it, I don't want to call it a pipe bomb. That wasn't a CM punk like thing. That was an epi. That was a hundred percent unabashedly unapologetically, wonderfully effy. And right. if that gets people talking, that gets people thinking good. That was the point.
0: I, th- I think it did get people talking. I think it did get people thinking and I don't know how you clin it after listening to that.
1: And, and I, I think, think I think how that, we look at it is it truly is it to me, it was a powerful speech, yeah. not a promo, not an angle, not a segment. It was something said to inspire thought and action by others.
0: Right. And I think going off Pride and Joy, it, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first ever LGBTQ plus
1: wrestling event that's been on I pay-per-view, right? I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. I, I think that may be true. I'm not sure if the, uh, a matter of pride shows in the New York area that, um, I don't, I don't think that,
0: yeah, I don't think yeah. they've been on I pay-per-view though. Yeah.
1: And, and I'm not sure. And it, it's something where if I, one thing I really didn't want to do with this one and it, maybe I'll ruffle some feathers by saying this, and maybe that's a good thing. Um, I There's a phrase that I turn to a lot uh, that I call corporate inclusion, and there were a couple of things that I w- worked very hard and tried to work with the team to have us all working together so that we weren't doing corporate inclusion by corporate inclusion. I mean, really blowing the horn of, Hey, look at us. We booked a person of a, of a minority group or whatever it is. Uh, you did not hear us say this match is a gay person, a lesbian, a person, a bisexual person, a trans person. We never used any of that. Did we, cause I don't want pe- to try to tout and celebrate. Look at us. We, we booked good wrestlers. That's it. Right, that. Yeah. End of story. We booked good wrestlers. And I didn't want to do this. We're we're making history. Like That was not the fir- like We weren't even close to the first LGBTQ-centric show. And we weren't even exclusively LGBTQ. In fact, one of the early, I guess I'll say, party fouls I had was I was honestly just ignorant to the fact that A Matter of Pride was now running regular shows. I knew there was... A, uh, a show, I think in 2017, that was sort of the first outing for them. Mm-hmm. And the original name of Pride and Joy is I called it Matters of Pride. Honestly, I was kind of trying to spoof an, a 2005 IWA Mid South show that I was on in <laughs> Philadelphia, but not realizing that, that that's so close to the name and the branding of what Rick and Company are doing in the New York area and out east that I actually got uh, a DM from Rick and I honestly apologized. Said I was ignorant to the fact that 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 was the name of what you guys are doing and you were doing regular shows. So we changed because what Rick's doing with A Matter of Pride Wrestling is incredibly important. What we are starting to try to do, in my opinion, is incredibly important. And that doesn't mean that two companies can't do similar things in the same wheelhouse in the interest of making wrestling better, making wrestling more inclusive, making wrestling for everyone. And if we can get to the point where both companies are getting fans coming to our shows saying, "We've never been to wrestling. This is the first time we have felt welcome in wrestling." Again, that I think that's the biggest win any wrestling company can have. Yeah, there's people that say the crap oh the outlaw mud shows and da 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 da. da. There's only 2 300 people, 500 people. Well, guess what? I'm just as happy if I've got a building that seats about 300 people, if 150 of those people are brand new fans, how can we say that's lesser wrestling? How can we say that that isn't the point of what we are trying to do? If we are all, and I'm not talking about a matter of pride and rise and companies that may do LGBTQ-focused shows. I'm talking about wrestling, trying to connect to more fans. If we're all trying to be better and reach new people, then why would anyone ever throw a rock at that?
0: Right, and I think you said this a while ago, Correct me if I'm wrong, but the goal of Rise was to work with people, you know, make wrestling more friendly. I guess you could say it's, you know, not about one promotion. You can all work together for the good of wrestling.
1: And that's just it. The the buzz phrase really from Rise One: the future of wrestling is in collaboration, not competition. Right. And we've had those relationships, and now we we have long standing relationships now with. Shimmer's where it all started, AWS in California, IWC in Pittsburgh, Pro Wrestling 2.0 down in Florida, Reality of Wrestling in Texas, Bellatrix and WAW in the UK, Stardom in Japan. Actually have another international group that just reached out to me last night where we're in the, the beginning of, uh, we're discussing, is there a relationship? What would that look like? And it's another, if, if this plane lands, that's another global organization that believes in what we do And on the surface, I can tell you, I believe in what this company does very much. Definitely not. I mean, we've literally exchanged one email, so I can't say (laughs) a a lot more than that, but it's, it's an interesting conversation to have. And in all those situations, when we do co-promotes or joint shows, both companies can save money or our fans can maybe become their fans. Their fans maybe become our fans without cutting the throat of what the other company's trying to do. We are truly trying to help each other to elevate everybody's game.
0: Right. and That's what makes it so amazing. <laughs> so um, we talked a little bit about the talents such as Zoe Lucas, uh, Sophie King. Another kind of person that I discovered through Rise is Big Mama. <laughs> She is something special, isn't she?
1: Big Mama. Uh, Story about Big Mama. We were talking about Sophie a little bit earlier and how not everybody necessarily gets on a Rise show that first time out. Big Mama's first seminar with us was Rise 10 with the, the four Shimmer OGs, and Mama was not selected for that show. We saw good things in Mama. We were able to give Mama some feedback, keep in touch with Mama, and to me, one of the most important things... Mama took the feedback, made it her own, owned it and kept in contact with us. She didn't become uh, like pouty and start passive aggressively tweeting us or anything, on <laughs> anything like that. Like it's like I see that stuff out there and I get it. It's disappointing that you you pay for a seminar and you hope for the opportunity to get on a show and make some, if not all that money. In some cases, more money than you put in the seminar back, depending on the situation it, but there isn't a spot for everybody on every show and big mama didn't get selected for the show that time, but she did the seminar in Texas and she ended up on two episodes of rise ascent. And with what we saw in that match, I think anybody that saw rise of the contender and saw big mama's just her presence alone in that, that made big mama, I think to our fan base. Yes, she got the, call it the diesel spot, call it the cane spot. Like, Big Mama cleaned house. She absolutely did. But I think when you have a surprise like Charlie Morgan come into Rise of the Contender, and holy crap, Big Mama just tossed Charlie Morgan. She's immediately a contender, not just in Rise. Everywhere. That's (laughs) that's eliminating a a top person in the world right there in in one shot. It's kind of like, oh, hello. And then I was a a big fan of her and Ruby rays at luminous. That was a very fun match. That was such a good match. I love that match. And then this match at pride and joy (laughs) table for six became through the door. Thanks office Depot for never shipping my tables, but that's a (laughs) whole sidebar. Uh, But the, that match, that whole tone again, a match that had no backstory to it on paper. It was six people in a wrestling match, but they were all just circling the ring who's going to make the first move And Big Mama and literally the first physical thing in the match drives poor Elena Black through a table to this like a thunderous explosion or through the door to a thunderous explosion and just the facial expressions on everybody in the ring. That set the stage for that entire match. That entire match started with Big Mama basically giving a a literal FU to everybody in the ring and then... uh, and even looking at that match, I mean, I know we started talking about Big Mama here, uh, but this is something where I, I was hoping at some point I'd get in a, a chance to unapologetically shoehorn this little tangent in. Um, look at Priscilla Kelly in this match. Priscilla Kelly, what a year she has had where her name somehow, someway has been on nearly everyone in wrestling's lips. Mm-hmm. and. I think a lot of people only you know the entire world was mad about the tampon thing for about three days. Like that's about what the blast radius was for Priscilla was about three days on that. And, and that was a, it's a thing that happened. I don't, my goal is to not be somebody that lets that be the stigma that uh, like Priscilla is so much more than that. She is a hell of a wrestler. She and, really is. <laughs> and with Priscilla in that match, wrestling the way she did taking the risks that she did and man well well, i'll ask you what were your thoughts on her and when it boils down to her and jake atlas what were your thoughts on that when priscilla and jake were the two in the ring and just given a chance to shine
0: i just thought it was amazing and i remember watching priscilla years ago when she first started and just seeing how far she's come is so amazing and i think it's amazing how she's been able to keep this buzz going all the time, you always see her in headlines now, and I just think that's great.
1: And for me, I wish that people would get as viral about this hell of a wrestling match and hell of a performance and emotional connection that she had with the audience in that match as they would one, one little goofy, whatever, whatever you want to call it, one little uh, shock spot, whatever it was, on that show out in California. Mm-hmm. That is one thing that one person did one time. Priscilla right. has hit, is having more and more great wrestling matches, though I haven't seen it yet. I've heard great things about her match at AAW on Friday night with Chris Statlander in Chicago. I can't mm. wait to see that match. And yeah. that match with uh, the boil down to her and Jake uh, at uh, at Pride and Joy, they are now one of the non-tournament matches one-on-one at the ri- the regional Rising Stars tournament on September 1st on All Out Weekend. hmm and I can't wait to see that match one on one. Oh, it, it, me
0: either. That finish and that tables match, I guess you it, doors, tables in the, in the break
1: <laughs> shit match.
0: Yes, that was intense.
1: <laughs> yeah, that and looking at others in that match too. Look at Jamie Senegal, the punk rock queen, making his return to rise in in this through the door match. What crazy, wild stuff that Jamie did. Devon Monroe, never been seen in Rise before, made I, an impression, absolutely yeah. made an impression.
0: I've never seen him before Rise, and he was amazing.
1: So in this one match, thanks to all of the talent being able to put their work into it, Big Mama was able to show new parts of herself. Elena Black may have had three seconds of pain in that match, but you know what? People are going to remember that. People exactly. are going to remember that poor little girl that got driven through the door by Big <laughs> Mama, Priscilla. For real? Having a different kind of match than she's ever had. Jake Atlas debuting in Rise. I think only his second match in the Chicago area, maybe. Second, maybe third. But just what a star performance that was. Jamie's Chicago debut. Star performance there. Devon Monroe. Uh, somebody who's never been in our ring dj summers in the opening match somebody who's never been in our ring been in front of our audience actually i think even you said you'd never seen dj summers before right yeah
0: i never saw him before and i thought he was absolutely amazing in that opening match i had no idea who he was never heard of him never seen him anywhere and i walked out a fan after seeing him wrestle
1: and for anybody concerned about is is this a, is this change a positive thing for rise? Look at just the names that Casey and I talked about in the last like 90 seconds here, new talent, amazing star performance. That has always been what rise is about. And a lot of the names we're throwing out are still women. Elena black, big mama, Priscilla Kelly having different kinds of matches than she's having other places. It's still rise, folks. It's still helping women's wrestling. It's still developing tomorrow's women athletes. It's developing everybody that we can because for as good as that show was and as important as that was and as many new talents as as Casey is saying right now, and I didn't put Casey up to any of this. We just turned on the microphone and started talking. (laughs) This is something where who are we if we are saying we are focused on the future of professional wrestling? It is, in my opinion, irresponsible of us to turn a blind eye to the opportunities that we were able to present the platform we were able to give to other wrestlers, especially wrestlers who outwardly identify as LGBTQ plus. That is just as important to provide opportunities for those talents as it is for women wrestlers. Cause if we're trying to make this whole thing equal and make tomorrow's wrestling attractions for everybody and to continue to be a worldwide p- talent pipeline for all of professional wrestling, we have to have a little bit bigger scope and do a little bit more important work than only focusing on one thing. Right.
0: And I know that I, I joke around on Twitter that I'm not a fan of men's wrestling, but the talent you guys have, the men that you guys bring in and the women are absolutely amazing. I don't hype up men's wrestling a lot because it's not usually my cup of tea, but what you guys do at Rise That's my cup of tea. These guys are amazing. These girls are amazing. They put on amazing matches. And that's just awesome. Like, I love finding new talent. And Rise does that consistently. And um, I know a lot of people know Ariel Monroe. But, oh, my God. The stuff she has done in Rise blows my mind. I know people have seen her on the Mae Young Classic and on the Indies every now and again. Nothing compares to the stuff she has done at Rise. She is an absolute
1: star. Ariel in I don't know if you know I've definitely said this publicly. I don't know if you've ever seen it or her because I haven't really like blasted it like in a public forum. Ariel Monroe is the reason Rise exists. Oh wow, really? The, though Ariel was not ever a part of a rise event until rise six brutality. That was the first time she was able to get to a seminar. There were two wrestlers that I was having a, uh, that I had different conversations with when I was first coming back to wrestling almost three years ago now that, and I went down to a shine show. Um, this, it was actually the last weekend that Lexi Fife was, uh, running the locker room at shine. And so I, I just would, called I Lexi. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, oh boy, but okay. <laughs> when Lexi ran it, it was good.
1: <laughs> so uh, I was down there. Uh, I just gave Lexi a call, short version of a story I'll dodge on the podcast, but personal life kind of fell apart and I really wanted to turn to wrestling to kind of keep myself on the rail. So I just said, Lex, can I, I'll come down. Even if I'm just hanging out at the show, I just want to be around my friends and I want to be around wrestling and I want to do something positive. And so I just went down to that shine show and Ariel Monroe was in I'm fairly sure it was the dark match. I don't think it was on the pay-per-view. I could be wrong about that. But seeing Ariel and talking to Ariel that day and realizing there's potential, high potential in this talent, but if she only is wrestling the same pocket of folks in the Orlando area, how is there something we could do to help a talent like Ariel Monroe? Is there something we can do to help somebody who's already gone through wrestling school? But maybe what can we do to put them either in the ring with or in situation where veteran talents can take Ariel under the wing, whether that's producing her match, wrestling with her in the ring or a number of other ways that the veteran talents are involved in Rise. And it was uh, the other wrestler that was part of that conversation was actually uh, it was ACR. ACR was on that shine show. And then I was actually uh, talking to ACR at the um, Lexi used to tape the Slammin' Ladies Matches on kind of like a double shot with Shine Weekends. Mm -hmm. And I was at Lexi's house just helping out with the production at Slam and Ladies and talking to ACR down there. And through the conversation with those two girls, an idea started and then that turned into a conversation with Prazak and that turned into Rise. And now, turn the clock three years down the road, something that was inspired to exist because of somebody like Ariel Monroe, now she is going into... Uh, well, she had her main event, well, semi-main, or I should say, co-main event at Luminous because we had the cage match and the title match. Talk mm-hmm. about another star-maker performance in Rise of the Contender. And my- for all the cool stuff in Rise of the Contender, I think the single best shot of that whole match, the most memorable moment of that entire Rise of the Contender Rumble, was when Ariel looked up at Zoe. She got uh, got Facebook out of there. She's holding the leg, and all Ariel does is turn her head and look at Zoe. And you just know uh, shit's yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> it's mar- marvelous, marvelous shot. And then we know those two Lockhorns one more time at the summit, August tenth. Big co collaboration with Shimmer, Rise, Smash, and Femme Fatal, and that will be the Rise Championship match on that show with Zoe defending one more time against Ariel after the not-without-controversy finish of Luminous.
0: Mm -hmm. Very controversial. (laughs) Um, Another person that I think has done so much in Rise is someone who's been around for a very long time, but I don't think ever got recognition. Um, Dust, a.k.a. Zoe Sky.
1: Yeah, Zoe Sky just debuted for Rise two days yeah. ago. Wasn't that something? Yes. Yeah. And Dust is, I I think the the yardstick I would use for sometimes talent has to be honest with themselves and sometimes they have to take chances, no matter how long they've been in the business. Because she was around either ten years or was just short of ten years at Rise One that she'd been wrestling, and Angel Dust was one of only two wrestlers with whom I was familiar before rise became a thing angel dust and Britt Baker were the only two talents. I think from that entire and Angie sky, those were the only three talents that I was aware of really before, uh, before that event. And oh, I got to make it for Kennedy Brink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone forgets. Kennedy Brink was in rise for a hot second before she got oh, signed. Yeah. Like the next day as a referee, Love right. you, Jeff. <laughs> but I digress, but, uh, coming into that still, Paying money to do a seminar with no guarantee of a match. No one knew that title existed. She took a chance, showed her work, had some good little matches with Aria Blake in the technically first one-on-one match ever to take place mm-hmm. in the Rise ring on the on the primary show. Leaves with a championship that no one knew existed and made her debut in the state of California, what, two months, two and a half months after that? Defending, so who would have thought? She took a chance. Now she has a, basically a permanent job with Rise. Got a permanent job with Shimmer. Fast forward the clock a few years. She's ended up with three titles. The Heart of Shimmer Championship, the Phoenix of Rise Championship, the Gardens of Rise Championship, defending that title all over the world, representing Rise as the Guardians of Rise Tag Team Champion at Stardom in Japan. And that's Dust that did all that work. Yes, Rise did a seminar, but I'll go back to it. We gave Dust a platform, believed in her, and helped her in ways that we could with the talent that we have involved. And if, in your opinion, you think that that's something that's really, uh, sorry, I just got a weird message that popped through. Disregard. Disregard. <laughs> uh, but with, if Dust has been able to, as somebody that follows women's wrestling, wrestling as closely as you have, and if you've seen a, a new side of Dust or you feel that, that, that that's done some good for Dust, that again, that's the point of what we're doing. Dust has worked incredibly hard and continues to work incredibly hard. I mean, take one look at the girl and know that she doesn't take much more than like six hours off from the gym at any given time. Jesus.
0: Yeah. She's jacked.
1: (laughs) But with, with dust, there's uh, for so many girls that you could say are like the, the yardstick for rise. I mean, and, and I called them and told them this personally, and this is not a knock at any girl that's been a significant part of rise at all. But when we're being realistic, I have leaned the three girls that were leaned on the hardest in the first year and a a little bit beyond for rise were Shotzi angel dust or dust and Delilah doom, because as the champion of the promotion, they were involved in more promos. Uh, they had to hear a lot more of my terrible ideas along the way. (laughs) Uh, I think a, a lot of folks out there probably know like the official, you're done with uh, rise when you're going on to say a WWE or an AEW or something like it, it my official thank you for everything you've done is thank you for putting up with my shit and any <laughs> girl that has ever put up with my shit needs no more explanation than that cuz i know it i have eccentricities it can be a little <laughs> difficult to deal with at times and a lot of that comes from throwing out 99 ideas that are terrible to get to the one that maybe is kind of okay or good. <laughs> the fans see the final one. The girls have to deal with the 99 that it took to get there. <laughs> uh, but getting back to your uh, point, we're talking about dust dust was the original standard bearer, the original Phoenix of rise. We mm-hmm. knew that dust would not be the Phoenix of rise for a long time. She didn't need it. She was the 10 year veteran who took a chance and now was ha- had a new platform. And obviously we went in a different direction and, gave her some character and things to focus on completely different from anything she's ever done with dropping the angel, becoming just dust, becoming part of paradise lost, pushing her in a way that she'd never been challenged before. And with no exaggeration, I think the, I forget if it was a phone call or a text, but my exact words were her to her were, how do you feel about implied demonic possession? (laughs) And (laughs) I think she said, go on. (laughs) And for somebody who's, really been just a, a wrestling ass wrestler in the Midwest, right? Like kind of doing that Western Ohio through Pennsylvania and a couple other promotions here and there, she was willing to get out of that comfort zone. She had to get uncomfortable a little bit. And now I, I'd like to think, and I think she would say too, that it worked out okay because she ended up being a more uh, significant player in shimmer in time. I mean, if anyone doesn't know that Dave Prezak is very meticulous in decisions, especially when it comes to his champions. And I think OCD is too light of a term for when it comes to the (laughs) shimmer production and the brand that shimmer puts forward. And I say that with love everyone knows Dave Prezak's like my oldest friend in wrestling or one of my oldest friends in wrestling and shimmer. There's a reason shimmer is the gold standard of women's independent professional wrestling and has been since 2005. And to know that Dave Prezak made the decision to take a talent named dust and put a title called the heart of shimmer championship on dust. That decision isn't made lightly that it, that isn't something that Dave just said, ah, here's who's at the building. I guess I'll underline this name on paper. Now that with Dave, that's a lot of thought, a lot of love and a lot of care because mm-hmm. it's, when you look at the the bloodline of shimmer champions, it, it's a pretty elite list. It really uh, is.
0: Only top talent. <laughs>
1: Yeah. When, when you have a, a championship where the first champion is the current, I mean, I, you may know better than I have, but essentially Sarah Amato's title in WWE is like uh, Lieutenant God under Stephanie McMahon of all things, women, um, right. <laughs> that's, whatever her official title is like Sarah Amato is like driving a lot, the big driving force there. When that is your first champion, you know, like good luck following that.
0: that right, decision yeah. is not,
1: that decision has never been taken lightly. No, nobody who's ever been a a shimmer champion, a heart of shimmer champion or a shimmer tag team champion. There's no coincidence there. Those decisions are made with a lot of thought, a lot of love. And what is the best decision for shimmer and for representation of women's wrestling and for dust to get to that point? That's one of the proudest moments for me, for somebody who's obviously like, you know, obviously I'm going to have a rise bias, but for somebody that we met through the rise program to be a shimmer title holder, seeing Delilah doom as a shimmer tag team champion, that is a hugely proud moment for me. Seeing Dust as the heart of Shimmer Champion, that is a tremendously proud moment for me. The, and those three girls, nothing that we have with Rise now, circling back to Pride and Joy for a minute, for as good as Pride and Joy was and making that inclusive locker room, that inclusive crowd, that the just everything that was inclusive and positive, that is not without the incredibly hard work of how the brand was built and that was on the backs of Shotzi, Dust, Delilah for our young girls. Kikio can certainly be thrown in there too and certainly Britain Chelsea is sort of that original roster but throw in there Mercedes Martinez who's been in all but one of our events. Rosemary, Courtney Rush, any name you want to throw out there. Her mm-hmm. influence is seen in many ways that I probably shouldn't, uh, you know, ruin the uh, the demon mystique too much. But with, without without Rose, any of those talents, without Rosemary, there's no rise. Without Mercedes Martinez, there's no rise. Without Soraya Knight, there's no rise. But in terms of fan-facing things, those three girls, I'd like to think, and again, maybe I'm caught up in my own shit here, but I'd like to think that there are other talents out there that think, maybe I can be that next Shotzi. Maybe I can be that next dust. Maybe I can be that next Delilah. Or maybe if I take that chance on that seminar, gain some knowledge, maybe I can get put in a position where I'm facing veteran talent or in front of eyes at Shimmer, in front of eyes at reality of wrestling. Because if we help talent level up, we help expose them to other companies, everybody wins.
0: Right. I definitely agree. And I thought it was amazing that you guys worked with um, AEW. When they came in and then you had Sonny and Nyla at the last show. It's
1: just cool. And, God, speaking of AEW, like, that is, I mean, it's the hot thing. Those who love it are passionate about it. And, obviously, there's those who are going to detract or try to, you know, cling to relevance because people are talking about AEW. Mm -hmm. But AEW is, like, one of the hottest topics in pro wrestling. finally, there's, like, a viable... I hate to say real contender to WWE, but for the first time, there's there's a rattle, there's a rattle right. in the entire wrestling industry for the first time in like 20 years. That man, something's changing. Some something's going on here, and and you know what? I'm here. I am here for it. I think would be. The, the, I think that's the uh, old man Harvey things kids would say moment there. I am here for this. And when we look at, uh, I just had this moment of like, holy crap when we had the, the moment at the end of Legendary there with the surprise with Brandy and Nyla and Britt uh, coming out to make the save. And then it was like the AEW roster, and I, I had this moment where I was like, holy crap, like two-thirds of this amazing, hot, new, like what seems like it's going to be a, a global entity and TV coming, in, this new exciting thing in wrestling. How many of those girls came through our doors at some point? Because they're all right here. Right. They're all right here right now. And that that's pretty awesome. And then being able to have maintained a relationship and just an open dialogue with Brandy and with some of the folks at AEW. like it, It's now like Sonny and Nyla just magically appeared here. That was cooperation. I mean, hell, oh. it, not a big surprise. Nyla was in Daytona Beach at Fighter Fest like oh. uh, 17 hours before she went on camera at Pride and Joy. Like, what a weekend for Nyla. But for them to still... Believe in what we're doing. And the party hosts of Pride and Joy was Brandy Rhodes' idea. Oh wow, that was absolutely Brandy Rhodes' idea. Originally, I had a a match in mind for Nyla, and it was something that with Fighter Fest being you know when it was. It was something where it just wasn't in the cards and that nobody read into that. This isn't like AEW blocked anything. This is one of those things where the situation did not work out right now. It wasn't a not never. It was a not right now. And Mm -hmm. but Brandy still, she innovated the solution of, well, if we're going to have Sonny and Nyla there, what if we were to have them do this? And you know what? That was a really cool idea. And looking at Pride and Joy and the idea that I had for Nyla, I don't think it worked. On this show, I don't think it worked in this exact situation. And if it weren't for Brandy Rhodes working with us and throwing out that idea, we might not have had Sonny and Nyla there without her cooperation. We might not have had them in the capacity they were if she didn't have that idea. Because how many people look at the native beast Nyla Rose and go, oh, man, I think we should kind of dress her up in some bright colors and have her be a party host. <laughs> it, it probably isn't the first thing if you see a, a promo picture or a match of Nyla Rose and think, oh man, I'll bet she'd be a, a charismatic and fun host of a party, but right. damn it if that wasn't the absolute right decision. Nyla's so, right. And I had, knowing Nyla, the little bit I've gotten to know her really since uh, the spring or so, going into Legendary, I, Nyla's one of those people that once I talked to her, especially once I talked to her face-to-face, I felt like we'd been friends for 30 years. Yeah. She's, she's just, great. <laughs> she's just a special person. So, so funny, like... I, I love the Nyla puns. I love everything about <laughs> Nyla Rose and just the combination of her and Sonny playing off each other because they're such good friends. Like that mm-hmm. that moment, that that idea, not possible without collaboration over competition. Right. And
0: that's what makes wrestling so
1: great. <laughs> Doesn't it? It really does.
0: Yeah. Um, before we wrap things up, I want to talk a little bit about Mercedes Martinez. Um She's been the champion. She had an amazing match with Tessa Blanchard. Her match with Cassandra was amazing. Uh, She's been a big part of Rise.
1: She has. She really has. And I said it a little while ago without Mercedes Martinez. She is one of the talent names that you can say without this talent, there is no Rise. A lot of Mercedes time and rise has been specifically to develop the talent through the seminars, through, uh, through being an agent for matches. And whether I told her to or not, the nature of Mercedes Martinez is she is going to help any talent. She sees if she, she's watching the monitors, she's watching the matches just as much as she possibly can, uh, given time, especially if she's wrestling on the card. Right. But so many things have been done specifically to, uh, I think, I don't know that reward Mercedes is the right thing, but trying to as a promotion, give Mercedes just as many memorable moments and just as much opportunity because Mercedes is adamant that she always needs to learn. She always needs feedback. And I'm in, it still kind of blows my mind. But when the May young, when the first May young classic dropped, I think I tweeted that I was watching. I was like surreal to see my friend Mercedes Martinez on WWE Network, something like that. And she actually shot me a text right then and said, Hey, let me know your feedback on the match. And I was just kind of like, bless your soul. You're, <laughs> you're wrestling in like in Xia Li's first match ever, and carrying to like a, a very very good first round match. And you're saying, hey, schmuck, who's never been a wrestler, who runs some company called Rise. Can you send me a couple bullet points on this match? Like, oh, okay, That's Mercedes. Funny. All right. uh, but with uh, with Mercedes, and he, looking at the. Mercedes, she actually had a couple great matches with Tessa. She had the thirty-minute Iron Woman match, and by the way, on the fly Iron Woman match for thirty minutes. Oh wow! And then the now world record for longest one-on-one match in history with two women competitors. Uh, and and I know that 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 was that whole period was sort of what some people may have seen as like a a crack in the armor of rise of are they really about developing tomorrow's talent. Well, guess what, folks? We went through a period where everybody in the title picture broke their ankle or their collarbone, so we kind of had right. to we kind of had to pivot. And that match, another way that Mercedes Martinez name is in the history books. In fact, doesn't she have like seven of the top ten longest matches for yeah. women wrestlers at this point? But with Mercedes, I know there was a lot of folks that were just like, "Why is Mercedes the rise champion? Mercedes doesn't need that title." But you listen to that promo from the Mercedes cut after and you look at the bigger picture, putting the title on Mercedes wasn't about Mercedes needs a title. That was never it. What does that do for the woman who was able to beat Mercedes Martinez for right. the Phoenix surprise championship? Mm-hmm. We just thought that woman would be around a little bit longer, but she had to go get signed by. AEW. Right. And
0: one thing about Mercedes, um, I've done a few interviews with a lot of these women wrestlers, and they all have nothing but great things to say about her and how she's just so helpful to them in their career.
1: And for anybody that wants to know just like the, the heart and the passion of Mercedes Martinez, and I, I know it's been out there and like there's been some Twitter banter with just people who are involved behind-the-scenes story from Pride and Joy. And I know you know this, but a lot of the talent on Pride and Joy was in New York for the Shine Show uh, at La Boom on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And there was some pretty severe weather in the New York area. Sea Stars got on what I think was the last airplane to get out of LaGuardia coming to Chicago. And then the flights for Allison Kay, half the commentary team, Shotzi Blackheart, half of a championship match, (laughs) Double D Rose, half of a majorly advertised feature attraction match, and Mercedes Martinez, half of the main event, well, three of those four flights were canceled.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: Shotzi's, it was a high probability her flight would be canceled because it was just kind of like a cancel everything for about two hours. And uh, so Mercedes was on the phone with me and said, what do we do? And I told her, I said, I was trying to find other flights. I said, the only way this happens is if you girls get in a car and drive. She said, just tell me what you want me to do. And I said... If you're willing to do the drive, and I was not trying to strong arm them, any of those girls in any way, but $1,000 later, actually $1,200 later, because, hey, the airports are closed. Let's completely screw people on rental cars. That's kind of how the world oh
0: works. My God. If you've never yeah.
1: been in that situation, that's how the world works. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, over $1,000 later on a rental car, Mercedes Martinez, Allison K, Shotzi Blackheart and Double D Rose. Drove somewhere between 13 and 14 hours through all hours of the night from LaGuardia Airport to my house just outside of Chicago, Illinois, because they wanted to be there and be part of that event and be part of Rise that bad. That's the kind of dedication that no amount of money can buy. That is when you know you have special people that want to be part of something you are doing. So we can all work together to do something awesome. You want to talk about Mercedes Martinez being dedicated that stuff well beyond the ring and beyond any feedback she can give that at all her years in the business, which I think she hits 20, I think this year or next year, early next year is a 20 year vet. I want to make the town. She did that because she believes in me. She did that because she wanted to have that match with Cassandra. That match with Cassandra was that important to her. And she wanted to be part of pride and joy that, that show and that match meant a lot to Mercedes and to know that any wrestler is going to do that on the drop of a dime. Let's be real. No human being wants to sit in a car for 13, 14 hours. Uh She knew it was the only way to do what she wanted to do and to be part of something that she wanted to be part of. And if any wrestlers listen to this and you want to take a lesson or a free seminar or whatever you want to call it from this, Fortune rarely favors the absent and Mercedes quite literally did everything it took to make sure that she was present for that.
0: That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, uh, we talked a little bit about many things, but before we actually wrap things up, do you want to talk a little bit about the regional tournament and the upcoming summit show?
1: Yeah. You know what? Uh, You ready for some exclusives? Maybe a couple exclusives here? Of course. All right. Well, things that aren't necessarily exclusive yet. Um, We have uh, in non-tournament action we talked about earlier. In non-tournament action one-on-one, Priscilla Kelly will take on Jake Atlas. We have the killer death machines, Jessica Havoc and Nevaeh will be defending the Guardians of Rise Tag Team Championship against Paradise Lost, the team of Dust and Raven's Ash. So that is exclusive. That has not been stated yet. So the Tag Team Championships will be defended at the Regional Rising Stars Tournament, the Midwest Bracket, on September 1st. And the only name that we've announced so far in the bracket is Big Mama. Now, with the Regional Rising Stars, the whole point is to put the spotlight on, in this bracket, talent specifically from the Midwest region. And so here are a few names in the tournament. I'm not going to give you the whole bracket quite honestly, because one of them has to get back to me today if she's going to be able to do it or not. <laughs> uh, but I'll give you as, uh, a good number of them right now. So this is not necessarily in match order at all. This is just as the names are coming off the top of my head. So in the regional rising stars, Midwest bracket, we have big mama. We have Valentina Loca from the black and brave wrestling Academy. We have Holly Cromwell who's coming up from Indianapolis. We have Lainey Luck, who's based right here in Chicago. And the last name that I can do for right now, though she is not from this country, when she is in this country, she is based in the Midwest. And this will be the Rise debut of Heidi Katrina.
0: Oh, I actually got to see her this past weekend, and she's very good.
1: Yeah, she we actually she was originally supposed to debut at the early to rise matches before legendary, but um, she actually wasn't in the country yet. We thought yeah. she was going to be in the country a little bit earlier than she was. So this is kind of making good on that booking between rise and Heidi and Heidi Katrina will debut. She is in the tournament bracket for the regional rising stars, Midwest bracket tournament. That's so exciting.
0: That's going to be good.
1: So there you go. I, I told you I'd give you some exclusive as exclusives. I think I gave you a couple of them.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Me too. I need to get my ass to Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, you do. And then, uh, like you said, Ariel Monroe versus Zoe for the Phoenix of Rise at the Summit.
1: Yep, the Summit. That's another big thing coming up. August 10th, collaboration of Shimmer Women Athletes, Rise, Femme Fatale, and Smash Wrestling. We've got four championship matches that night. Smash Wrestling will be crowning its first ever women's champion where you've got Spinelli taking on Rosemary shimmer championship is on the line. Nicole Savoy defending the shimmer championship against Nicole Matthews. And if you haven't seen that Nicole Matthews promo for setting up that match, go out of your way to watch that Matthews promo. That's some, that's some compelling stuff to listen to. So
0: good. So good.
1: (laughs) Femme fatales championship on the line is Mercedes Martinez faces Jordan grace. And then as you already said, Phoenix of rise champion, Zoe Lucas defends against Ariel Monroe. And another thing, uh, I guess, kind of low-key, kind of cool about Summit Weekend. How about Bull Nakano back in Rise, eh? Oh, right. That's exciting. Yeah, we've got the seminar with Bull on August 9th. Uh, the tickets, uh, I think it, I think now we actually have, if not the whole card, nearly the whole card for the Summit is out. I've been kind of off the grid with the Summit stuff with Pride and Joy this last week, but we just mm. announced Dust versus Delmiexo last night. We've got Veda Scott taking on Ashley Vox. Oh gosh, what other matches do we have out there? There's the big four-way, Melissa, cheerleader Melissa, Lufisto, Priscilla Kelly, and I'm completely blanking on the fourth name right now. Man, I'm good at this promotion stuff. Uh, but hey, look at any of our social media. Look at Shimmer, look at Smash, look at Femme Fatale, look at Rise. We're all, we're all promoting it. There's an event page on Facebook. Summit's gonna be a good thing. And here and here's a little thing that I think's pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of shows that are part of the summit. Uh, you've got Progress up there, WXW's up there, a lot of like global-level shows. Guess Mm. which one sold the most tickets so far?
0: The Summit Rise.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think that's true. I haven't checked in a week. That was true like a (laughs) week ago. I'm sure it's still true. The Summit summit actually had the largest amount of pre-sold tickets the last I knew. Um, I've actually got to talk to Dave about that today to see if that is true still. That's really exciting.
0: That just goes to show you how good of a job you all are doing.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a fun day. But those four companies coming together, like we're all all four of us are friendly anyway. Well, it's actually more than that. There's a couple of people in the office at Femme Fatale, a couple of people at uh, Smash. Not everyone's insane like me and Dave and micromanage everything ourselves.
0: Right. <laughs> so um, I guess that's it. Um, you guys can follow Rise on social media. You can find that Twitter at Rise. D T W a. You can find them on Facebook at rise. Um, do you guys
1: have any other social media? Well, um, all of our social media is at rise D T W a. Isn't it kind of clever how we didn't have to change our social media handles. Right. I was kind of glad it worked out that way. But uh, Facebook, if you actually do facebook.com uh, slash rise D T W a Instagram rise D T W a uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Twitter at rise D T W a, our Twitch channel, is at uh, rise DTWA and of course got to plug, both our Twitch and our RiseAscent.com, our streaming video platform where you get quite literally every damn piece of video that we have ever produced, which is actually quite a bit in the last three years. Twitch, mm-hmm. they're both 499 Twitch. If you have Amazon prime, you can actually get the entire rise library for free. You just have to link your Amazon prime account and you can actually get our entire library at no cost to you. And it does benefit us. And then rise ascent, you get our entire library, Plus, you get libraries like Bar Wrestling. You get the entire Bar Wrestling library, too. You get a lot of content from AEW Pro in Chicago. We've got some Pro Wrestling Eve on there. And we've we've got a growing library. There's a lot of partners on there, but those are sort of the probably three of the bigger names that we've got the content there, too. So a lot of bang for that five bucks.
0: Yeah, five bucks is real cheap for all that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is.
0: (laughs) Uh, Do you have anything else before we wrap things up?
1: Really, I I think that that is it, and I want to say thank you to Casey and the entire Squared Circle Sirens team, everybody that's out there that is supporting professional wrestling, however you are doing it, especially if you are supporting Rise and what we do, because obviously biased opinion, if you are supporting Rise, you are supporting the future of all of professional wrestling. You are helping make an inclusive environment for all professional wrestling fans, and you are in fact a part of what we do and what we all do at Rise, including you at home, is develop tomorrow's wrestling attractions.
0: There we go. Thank you so much for this interview.
1: And thank you.